0: Hi, do you want to go to a party with me? No, the game's on. Oh, I almost forgot. I'll be right there. We like sports and we don't care who knows.
1: From shooting hoops to the Super Bowl. We like sports and we don't care who knows. Blood ball.
0: All right, everybody, welcome back. This is Next Level Nerds Sports Podcast. I am Frank the Tank. And joining me, as always, Bronson Bronski-Allman. Say hello. Hello. This is episode three of our uh, weekly, bi-weekly sports podcast through Next Level Nerd. Uh, Check them out at facebook.com slash nextlevelnerd or nextlevelnerd.com. We thank Justin McConnell and the crew over there uh, for helping getting this podcast started. Uh, I am coming to you via my new mic this week, so I hope I sound a lot clearer. I've been getting some comments that uh, Bronson's coming in clearer than me, so hopefully we both sound the same. Uh, we'll work on volumes and everything to make your listening a lot better. Um, we have a lot to get into today, Bronson. Uh, several topics we're going to cover at all. Um, we're going to get into some NFL, some NBA, uh, the Penguins, and NHL trade deadline, wrap that up, some NFL offseason, the collective bargaining agreement, the draft, the combine. Um, anything else you can think of, we'll get to. Um, so just want to say – Where would you want to like to start out Bronson we should maybe go over the NFL uh, offseason this collective bargaining talk that's going on. I don't know if you've heard about it. Um, The owners and the players not seeing eye to eye the players association as well. Um, It's the big talk of the offseason right now. Are they going to add a 17th game to that schedule we heard for a couple years that it might be an 18 game schedule. but they're going to maybe compromise on one extra game, on 17 games. A lot of other caveats worked in there where the players have to give stu- some stuff up. Uh, the owners have to, to give a little bit too. Um, one thing that I, I notice is the minimum salary is set to go up under this agreement if passed. So a lot of the players, you know, the 53rd man on the roster, is is uh, looking forward to the salaries going up. I think by a hundred grand a year for for the uh, the last player on the roster. So a lot of players want it passed for that reason. But your higher echelon players, your superstar players, are against this because they don't want to basically play that 17th game for free. It's an extra game. It's extra wear and tear on the body, and they're not really going to gain ex- a lot ex- of extra money out of it. Um, Also, some changes to the playoff format would be involved. Seven teams making it instead of six. Um, Will they sign this deal or will there be a lockout? Um, It remains to be seen. They do have one year left on the deal, so they're trying to sign a new one early. But uh, they they could delay it until after next season. But uh, all that being said, Bronson, I wanted to get your thoughts on it. Um, What have you heard? What are your thoughts on some of those proposals?
1: (laughs) Well, as you mentioned earlier, Frank, the, you know we're talking about the uh, extra teams in each uh, the AFC and the NFC, the playoff expanding to allow them. And I'm sure, you know, sitting from where we're sitting, that would that would have meant both years the Steelers would have, uh, you know, gotten in the playoffs. Uh, although it might have been very, uh, it might have been very bad last year considering who the quarterback was and how the Steelers were stumbling going in. So, right. Uh, that's obviously another discussion for another day. But, um, yeah, I mean, if you add another. Team on each side of the playoff, that might make you know, you know those those back games, and then then you pile on top of it that the NFL wants to have another game, you know, have a seven, you know, what's it, a seventeenth game, eighteen okay. weeks. If you pile it on top, then you're looking at possibly, you know, just how the season plays out, like two games or even more, where teams may not have anything to play for. Right. And at yep. the end of the other day, that affects the bottom line in terms of a, you know. Broad, you know, broadcast networks being able or streaming, to, you know, now we're in the era of every, everything being streaming, streaming and network television, having to have having to make those games must see first off. Uh, secondly, you know, players not being, you know, maybe being rested for a couple of weeks to the playoffs. I mean, I think it's kind of weird that they're having one and in the other together on that because and then you're going to run into the fact where a really not good team will probably get in the playoffs. You may run into, you know. You know, it's sixteen games. You look at a seven and nine team getting in, or something like that. A seven and nine team, or a six and ten team, or something like that. It happened with. I mean, it happened even under this structure. The year that Seattle stumbled in there and you know upset New Orleans,
0: right, with the Marshawn Lynch beast mode game. Yeah, Yeah. Um,
1: it's curious to see how it is. I mean. I think the owners at the other day will always want more games. I feel like I feel like the the big picture was always going to be that they will get the, they will get what they want. Um, obviously, the funny thing that you know we've always made jokes about, which which probably will come to fruition, was it, is when this is all said and done. I mean, the owners will probably get a lot of what they want, and probably in returns of uh, you know. Allowing, allowing marijuana to be uh stricken off of the drug policy in the NFL. I feel that's like right. That's right. I'm glad
0: you brought that up. That was that's another point I missed. Is that's another big thing that's on the table is uh pretty much allowing marijuana smoking up to 2 weeks before the season yeah. without without penalty. So, a lot of the players that are into that are going to want that pass too.
1: Yeah. And just going back, you know, and then you were mentioned about the minimum salary hike. I mean, <clears throat> Yeah, that, I mean that's gonna affect. That's gonna affect cap. That's gonna affect you know. Over. I mean, I know it's only a hundred thousand, but you know, a lot of teams are tight against the cap as it is, and and having to play that you know play having to pay that fifty third uh, player more money. Then you start you know now it'll it'll be a theme of the NFL. We'll start dumpster diving, you know. To try to find the middle. I feel like the middle and upper tier players, and maybe someone comes in a little cheaper and mm-hmm. get you know get just as much efficiency, if not more. Um, about a potential lockout. I mean, obviously, I want to say don't um, uh, don't give me. Uh, don't, I'm trying. I'm not thinking right now. I think 2011 was the, when they had the kind of semi lockout when things didn't kick in until like the end of summer.
0: I don't remember, well, yeah.
1: Yeah, the, the the Jeff Saturday, Bob Kraft, like, come to Jesus meeting there to get <laughs> everything ready, and then the season kicked off. Um, yeah, I mean, at the end of the day, these guys want to make money. I don't I don't foresee there ever being, like, a big, like, labor stoppage unless things really got out of hand. Um, obviously, there's been players that have been outspoken. I'm sure you saw the uh, Marquise Pouncey. Uh, Snapchat rant. Instagram I wanted to rant. ask
0: you about it. Yeah, I wanted to ask <laughs> you about it. To me, it it was uh, it was really in poor taste. Um, you know, it was profanity laced. Um, I don't think it was a good look for Marquise. I mean, I don't think he's a guy that cares about his image. But uh, as a veteran leader on this team, um, I I can't see that's something that Mike Tomlin saw and and was happy with, after dealing with the Levy on Bells, and the. Antonio Browns, I don't think Mike Tomlin was happy to see that tweet, or oh, no. the Rooney's, or, oh, no. or Kevin Colbert. But
1: No one's ever accused the Pounceys of ever making smart decisions.
0: You've exactly. I mean, seen same... the Aaron Hernandez videos? You're yeah, right. the,
1: the free Hernandez <laughs> hats. and uh, I mean, no one's ever accused these guys of being smart. I think Marquise was doing it to try to, you know, try to rock, rock the boat a little bit and try to, you know, generate that most of the players aren't happy about it. There are better ways to go about it. More I difficult. Kind of ways.
0: Of, I, but I think it's going to pass Bronson. And I think it's because the majority of the league are those also ran that are, making league minimum or a little bit more and are going to want that raise. and Marquise even alluded to it in his rant he said if if you're the 53 man on the roster we'll pay your rent for you <laughs> if you need help paying your rent talk to the veterans but uh it's going to be interesting because it's going to be a divide it's i think it's pretty much a popular vote <laughs> they say they among- that
1: now they say that now then when things happen you know yeah.
0: <laughs> it's, it, I think they're going to pull the players and it's, it's pretty much just it's yes or no. And I think if uh, all, most teams don't have those big superstars, it's only a couple on each team. So we'll see if the, if this is the deal that finally gets the owners what they want and gets the, you know, the, the regular Joe Schmo on the, on the back end of the roster, what they want.
1: At the, end, at the end of the day, like you know, you think about the other uh, the sports that have had labor stoppages. Obviously, baseball in the mid '90s, the NHL in the mid 2000s, like, very small one in 2012. Uh, the NBA had one just a little bit. I mean, none of. I mean, they're all great, you know, sports and the great organizations, but none of them are a huge conglomerate like the on un- the level of the NFL. Uh, not having NFL football, especially with the, with competition out, you know, right now with, with the XFL. Not that it would ever make a big dent, but just i i think i think cool usually these things most of the time cooler heads do prevail um something you know the and it always ends up of course what with the owners always getting what they want the owners will always get what they want even if they have to you know sacrifice of the owners will get what they want and then um coming from that you know we'll, we'll uh uh maybe uh Go while we're sticking the NFL, uh, Frank. Let's, uh, let's jump to the QB carousel first before we uh, talk about what's up uh, later there. Um, we teased this on the last show, but we would do where we think uh, each quarterback would head to. Um, obviously, the big one, um, Peter King was actually on. I was watching Dan Patrick today, and Peter King was on. And he basically said that he had dinner with a very high-level-ranking NFL executive. And he just told Peter King that flat out, Tom Brady is the domino that affects everything. Oh in the nfl right now i believe it <laughs> so he is the first guy once that decision is made obviously everybody will go into into you know everything will go and you know and move move according to the machine um <laughs> it's funny to like to watch all the, the morning sports talk shows today because today was my day off you know there is you know and we're gonna get into tom brady which kind of let's ease into it now uh where you think brady will go Um, I've always been pretty adamant that I think he stays in New England, just for the simple fact that Bob Kraft loves Tom. He's so loyal to Tommy. He he loves Tommy. Um, I think Belichick obviously wanted to move off of Brady for the last couple years now. Jamie G was groomed to be that guy, Uh, but I think as long as Bob Kraft still has a pulse, he's gonna find a way to keep Brady here. Um, As I mentioned before, I got into it. I was watching some of the sports talk shows. One was even dangled the fact that maybe maybe the Niners, you know sign Brady and find a way to give Garoppolo back to the Patriots. They have some sort of a deal. I doubt that. I, I even
0: I thought about that too. I thought about Brady to the Niners because he's from Northern California and Garoppolo goes back to New England. Something crazy like that too. But yeah, I, I wanted to, since we were talking NFL, um, I wanted to stay with it and, and, and see what you think. You said Brady is going to be the first – the first if he's the first to go you'll see it trickle down after that so i wanted to play a game with you bronson tonight and our listeners at home uh you can make your picks we're going to play a little quarterback where will they land so i'm going to give you a name bronson yeah and then and then you're going to give me a name and we'll kind of play it play it by that and give our thoughts on where a good fit would, where would they fit well uh where we think they're gonna go for what reasons and uh and see who can make the best case. So I'm going to start with you, and I'm going to go with the big topic. I'm going to go with Tom Brady. Where do you see Brady going? Where's Tommy going? Or will he stay in New England? What do you think?
1: As I mentioned earlier, I think he stays in New England. I, I honestly think this is all for naught. I, I honestly, and I know a lot of people think this is dumb. I honestly am shocked if he goes anywhere but New England. I think Bob Kraft finds a way to get it done. There's a, there's a, there's, there's a huge. There will be a summit between Belichick, Brady, and and Kraft. fences will be mended. He'll come back. He, Brady might come back under the premise that he gets his deal, and he knows that after an X number amount of years, probably two, that he will be done. And you know, then then the legacy moves on. But I don't see Brady going anywhere. If I'm wrong, I'll come on here and you can close <laughs> fingers at me. But uh, I I, I say stays in New Frank.
0: I think so too. I I'm like you. I can't see that that marriage ever ending. Like I think we mentioned it in a prior show. You see, um, you've seen it in the past with Franco Harris becoming a Seattle Seahawk and Joe Montana Chief. And uh, Joe Namath, late in the career, became a, a an, an L.A. Ram. Um, but Tom Brady in another uniform just doesn't seem right. Exactly. Um, I, I I'm gonna press you though, Bronson. If you had to pick a team other than New England, who who would you guess? If if it had to be somebody else?
1: Wow. Well, there's three that pop in my mind. Um, obviously, the obvious one is Tennessee because of the tie to um, to Mike Vrabel. Uh, the LA chargers because he could come in there. They might have a chance to be a win now team. Um, I don't know how crazy the Las Vegas one was. I know Brady was spotted talking to, uh, Mr. Davis at the UFC fight out there in Vegas. I think that was all for show. I don't think he was seriously considered and the, out, the, out, uh, the dark horse I thought was maybe the Indianapolis Colts. Um, if, uh, if McDaniels had taken that position, that actually would have been my number one gig, whatever he would have went. But yeah, uh,
0: that's, that's a good point. Yeah.
1: Uh, but he could, I mean, he could be in there a couple years. Uh, the Colts could then, you know, maybe, you know, have a two, three year plan of who's going to be the heir apparent if Andrew Luck doesn't come back. I know Indoors,
0: that... too. I, I haven't thought about it. Indoors as an older quarterback would probably definitely benefit him to play in a dome.
1: Obviously, that the AFC South is not exactly the strongest of the It's winnable. Yeah. Yeah, so that'd be – it'd probably be – I probably would say um, Tennessee 1, San Diego – or San Diego, LA 2, and then an Indy 3. I don't think the Tampa Bay thing's feasible, although a lot of people think so. Um, but, yeah, that'd be my three.
0: I've I always – <laughs> I, I said last week, and I, I'll stick with it, if New England, if it's not New England, it's Tennessee to me also. Uh, like you said, the Brable uh, connection. Um, I think there's still possibility of him and Antonio Brown – being a package deal. They're both talking about it on social media. Um, I think for some reason, Brady wants to also get the credit for being the, the AB whisperer and getting, getting him to like finally cut. I mean, it didn't work in new England. He tried, but all that other legal stuff came out and the Patriots cut him. But um, another chance where he could inject himself and Antonio Brown right into Tennessee, who was one win away from a Super Bowl already with a great running game and a great defense and a good head coach. Um, Tennessee has to be it for me. I mentioned last week um, the rumor was spotted in Nashville um, looking at houses with Giselle. I don't know how much that is true or not. Um, You also see him... uh, at, a, at an NBA game with Julian Edelman, FaceTiming with Mike Vrabel, is that a sign? You said he was with Mark Davis, so I think Brady's actually doing this for fun, like you said, oh, yeah. just to mislead people. But um, of course, he had the walking out of the tunnel, which was ended up being a commercial for who was it Hulu or something? Yeah. <laughs> so
1: Tom is certainly uh, not above, you know, uh, you know, ruffling the feathers of everyone. So
0: all right, Bronson, my turn. Who are you gonna give me?
1: uh yeah okay we're gonna go with philip rivers uh where do you think philip rivers goes
0: philip rivers of course another 2004 draft class uh uh member with ben roethlisberger eli manning we've already seen eli manning uh hang up the cleats and call it a career um as we know as pittsburgh steeler fans big ben's still trying to hang on um, injured last year, trying to come back. But uh, Philip Rivers, I think, and I don't know why I've been seeing this in the rumors, um, but I'm going to say Tampa. Uh, I've heard that Philip Rivers either lives in Florida, has family in Florida, um, had mentioned it somewhere along the line that he would love to play in Florida. Uh, I think Tampa's a team that's, especially even with Bruce Arians, I think they're done with Jameis Winston. I think they're fed up with the you know the thirty-plus interceptions, the untapped potential. Uh, I think he's still an immature quarterback. Uh, we remember everything that went down in college with uh, the the controversy he got in. Um, so I think the Jameis Winston experiment experiments over in Tampa. I think they they bring in Rivers on a one or two year deal, um, kind of hitch their wagon to the old veteran, and uh, see what he has left, um, possibly. Go after a, another young guy in the draft, like you said, the Colts could do, um, and and try to groom him under Rivers for a couple of years. But I would have to pick. Uh, he's definitely we. He's rolled out going back to the Chargers, so he can't go there. And he says he could still retire. So Rivers yeah. is Rivers is a toss up. I'm here in Indy, maybe, and I'm here in the Bucks. I those are the only two I've been hearing. I don't know what you've heard, but I'm gonna say Rivers to the Bucks, and I'll see what what you think.
1: Oh, uh, I mean, I guess we're gonna bore our viewers. Cause I'm gonna agree with you. Uh, <laughs> Tampa Bay probably no devil's one advocate. There. No, because I mean, yeah, you said uh, you know Philip Rivers moved his family from west, you know, western United from Cali to, back to Florida. I don't mm. think he strays too far from Florida. And yeah. uh, I agree with you. I think Tampa Bay probably has had it. This is probably the last straw of Jameis Winston. And you mentioned the 30 interceptions.
0: When you talk about the 30
1: touchdowns that's what James Liss is talking about.
0: 30 touchdowns. <laughs> 5,000 yards too. 5,000 5, yards. 5,000
1: yards a balling. And
0: he got he got LASIK surgery in the off season. So he he claims that's going to help see the defense. But <laughs> uh...
1: the press conference on the reporters told him about the 30 interceptions. He's like, I got 30 touchdowns, 5,000 yards. A <laughs> ball. <laughs>
0: I didn't I, see that. That's almost as good as uh, Kirk Cousins. Kirk Cousins. You like that? You like that?
1: <laughs> I think either he. St- I don't know if he stays or goes. Uh, this Jameis, I think he does. Um, I think that's the number one there for Florida Rivers. I think it, fir- it fits. Bruce Arians is always good dusting off quarterbacks, and he, hes a quarterback. He can—he can make a quarterback better. Or he can take older guys and 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 extend their careers. I think he'll go there, Tampa, try to take try his luck there. Um, I don't think the Dolphins, but the only way I could see the Dolphins is if they do go for Tug- Tug- Tuga Tua Tagovailoa, or another quarterback, and maybe bring him in as a as a gap. You know, maybe let the, if they want to make the person, you know, whoever they draft sit. I don't think the fan base of Miami is going to be cool with that. I think whoever they draft, they'll want to play week one. Um, Outside shot, maybe Carolina if they decide not to bring Cam back um obviously new new regime over there um yeah i don't see philip rivers really diverting far from the southeast um obviously new orleans got their quarterback situation figured out atlanta's got their quarterback situation figured out obviously they have stalwarts and veterans and matt ryan and drew Brees. um and we'll get into another new orleans quarterback here in just a few minutes actually two of them please or not um but yeah think thank uh think the uh bucks are probably my biggest uh, bet where philip rivers goes outside shot ND if if the dominoes fall in a different direction but uh there you go um frankie go back to you uh speaking of new orleans quarterbacks as i talked about about 15 seconds ago teddy two gloves teddy bridgewater uh, with (laughs) Priest's absence uh teddy stepped in and uh you know, kept the uh, kept the machine going there in New Orleans, winning some games, holding the keeping the seat warm for Drew Brees. He stands to cash out here, or at least you know, move somewhere there to another team. Where do you see that team being?
0: Well, Teddy Bridgewater is interesting to me. I've always been a, a fan of Teddy Bridgewater since he played at Louisville. Um, of course, the terrible ACL injury I believe he suffered in practice um, while a member of the Minnesota Vikings that just ended a season and a half, just lost. Um, yeah. I felt so bad for him because he was the guy in Minnesota. He was leading them to where they wanted to go. And, uh, by the time he came back from injury, he had lost his job to, I, I want to say it was case Keenum. You can correct me if I'm wrong. I can't yeah. remember. who it was. So they had already moved on to Keenum or another quarterback there. And Bridgewater lost his job, like just due to injury, which you hate to see, um, so he gets a, a new shot at life as a backup to Drew Brees in New Orleans, and like we see with Big Big Ben Roethlisberger, the backup sometimes can get in there because these guys get up in age and they get knocked around. They're going to miss some time. So Bridgewater got to start four or five games this year for Brees and looked good. I think he was, I mean, he was undefeated for a while. I don't know what he ended up being in his starts, but uh, performed well. You can say game manager if you want, but. I think he's more talented than a game manager. Uh, he helped the Saints win games and stay alive in the playoff hunt, the first round by the home field advantage hunt um, while breeze was getting healthy. Um, some people are talking about Bridgewater that helping vaulting him to a big off season deal, um, 30 million a season, uh, something like that. So, I mean, they're paying quarterbacks. They're just backing up the bricks truck for these guys. But uh, I, I don't know Like you said, the dominoes have to fall, but I'm hearing that, you know, if Brady would leave Bridgewater to New England is the hot pick. Um, I hear Belichick's um, fond of him, thinks he's a guy that he could mold into a winner there. Um, But if we're going to go on what we said earlier, we're going to say Brady stays in New England. Um, I'm going to say, boy, this is a tough one. The teams we talked about, uh, the Colts are, are a team um, that I don't think want to want to go with Jacoby Brissett much longer. Um, if the if the carousel finds its way where Newton is out in Carolina, does Bridgewater land there? Um, but I think I'm going to make up my mind and say that Bridgewater ends up in L.A. with the Chargers. Um, obviously, we we mentioned that Philip Rivers is out in LA um, after 15 year career there, they're ready to move on and start something new. So I'm going to say Bridgewater to complete that carousel lands in LA with the chargers and I'll get your pick here. Uh, that's a
1: good one. Uh, I was actually thinking Indianapolis uh, because of, you know, they have Jacoby Brissett there and if you bring him in, you probably don't have to change the playbook too much because J- Jacoby Brissett, similar, similar kind, kind of, yeah kind of quarterbacks obviously um teddy playing at louisville in the midwest that's a good fit there um i'm sure frank wright could do something with with teddy um yeah maybe outside shot carolina or la if if, uh if cam moves on from carolina la would work i think you know being out there you know they could they'd have to you know they could they have so many weapons there they have you know Melvin Gordon, um, Eckler, the, the running back, you know, received, they could really make a dynamic offense with Teddy out there. Um, and you just mentioning, you know, obviously he lost his job because of, you know, injury in Minnesota. Um, and he lost, you know, he, he was out for a while and lost his job in you know, Keenum. I know Bradford was around there at the time. That might have been right when they brought Kirk Cousins in. Um, but let's not forget, too, when, uh, when the Jets uh, drafted Darnold, they brought Teddy in as like for depth. And he impressed in the preseason. You know, he was coming off that that ma- major knee injury. Um, it brought him in preseason. He performed, and then they almost kind of gave him, you know, a thank you for your service by uh, you know swinging that deal to bring him to New Orleans. So that was the resurrection of Teddy Two Gloves. But yeah, I I think it goes the I think it was, I just feel Indianapolis for some reason. I just feel that it's in the Midwest. You know, they have a quarterback like him and Jacoby Brissett. Frank Rice is going to have an entire offseason to formulate a plan uh, with either him or, you know, if he doesn't go with Jacoby. Uh, but um, that that's probably it, and probably L.A. is my second uh, uh, tier there.
0: Um, okay, Bronson, I got one for you now. Okay. Assuming let's assume that's that uh maybe we can assume Brady goes to Tennessee or they stick with Ryan Tannehill where would one Marcus Mariota land that's a tough one um
1: this I, I don't know what the the pulse of the NFL nation you know is is saying out there but i think wherever he goes i don't know if he goes as a starter i think he goes as a backup um I can maybe see him going to Miami for depth for Tua. Maybe he feels that, you know, too, you know, I'm not trying to, you know, the Samoan Hawaiian quarterback heritage there. Maybe he's the proper guy that can, you know, you know, tutor Tua if he goes to Miami. Um, I've jokingly said that he would fit perfect as a backup here in Pittsburgh.
0: Um, that's
1: <laughs> not going to be an option, but, um, then maybe you throw the usual stuff. Maybe L.A. sees something. You know, he's a kid from out there. Maybe L.A. sees something. They bring the kid back home, and mm-hmm. and uh, they they can grab whatever was left with you know from Tua. He's kind of in that Jameis. You know, they both came out the same year. He's kind of you know to it or not Tua, Mar- Marcus Mariota and Jameis Winston are kind of in that same uh, group where they just they're just not on the cusp of you know just breaking through. And every time you think they're going to, it's that key interception they throw or the key breakdown that just costs them the game and, and brings them back down. And obviously Mike Raywald saw enough in Tennessee to, uh, to bring Ryan Tannehill in and, and, and off he goes. And he's maybe a guy, you know, who knows if if Tennessee's going to bring him back, you know? So, you know, yeah, I, I just feel like my, I feel like Miami would be a good point just cause he could be the perfect, you know, tutor for for Tua talk about Lua, but I can see LA stepping in there. I don't see Indy as an option. Um, maybe Carolina, If they move off of of Newton because they can use the same kind of playbook. Uh, that's kind of where I where I see it. Up to you, Frankie.
0: I agree, Bronson. These Mariota, I see him as a backup, but. I think his he's he's so young still. I think he could revive his career if he gets that shot. Like we're seeing Bridgewater get a shot. Um, yeah. We're seeing Ryan Tannehill get a shot because a lot of people pronounced his career dead in Miami. So if you're Mariota and his crew and his team, I I'm not I'm not hanging my head low quite yet. Um, he's he's gonna get into a situation. I think he should pick a city where he can be a, a backup to an established starter, maybe a veteran. I, like you said, Pittsburgh is the situation. I don't see that happening, but uh, I think Mariota, where you know, if there's an injury and he comes in and kind of sparks his career, I think if he goes to a winning team with a, you know, not that the Titans were bad, but if he goes to a good situation where they have a good line, a good running game, a good a good coach. Um and he gets a shot again. I think he could prove himself and it might might dovetail into another job somewhere else. Yeah. But that's I'm kind of thinking... what I was thinking
1: about the Miami you know, I feel like, you know, he I d I don't know if they want to bring anyone to start two at week one. Maybe he has, you know, he shows something, and and that, you know, that gets him jettisoned to another team. Maybe during midseason, if a starter goes down for a team, he goes there. Um, I didn't see him there being there long term, but maybe like a one-year big money deal, and then he, or maybe a couple years, and then, you know, two is ready to play, and then they they do him the they do him the service and move him elsewhere.
0: You got to think about teams that teams that are paying. Uh, their elite quarterback, a ton of money, are not going to go after a Mariota-type backup. Yeah. I, I don't think you're going to see him in San Fran behind Garoppolo. No. I don't think you're going to see him in Seattle behind uh, Russell Wilson. Oh. But, um, you know, Detroit, they're always out there. Matt Stafford, is that era coming to an end? Is that a situation where he goes up and backs up Max, Matt Stafford in, in hopes to maybe get some reps? Um, does he go to like a – the New York Giants to back up the younger Daniel Jones. Thought about that uh, too. There's, there's uh, like you said, for a backup, any team can kind of work. Um, if I'm forced to pick for Mariota, I'm gonna say, I'm gonna say Carolina sounds like one. Whether Newton's back or not, I think either way, I think he could back up Newton, who's injury-prone, um, mobile quarterback as well. Like you said, can keep the same playbook. Um, new coach. We'll see what that brings, but, um, Matt rules in town now. Uh, but I'm just going to, I'll throw out there. I'll throw out the Panthers, Carolina Panthers.
1: Gotcha. And now we get to famous Jameis. We both agree that he's probably out in Tampa Bay. Mm-hmm. Uh, where does Jameis go? It's weird. Cause he's from Florida. He lived in Florida, played to Florida, played for Tampa Bay. I assume if he goes somewhere else, it's probably not going to be anywhere near Florida. Um, where does Jameis go if they get rid of him? Or does he stay and become the backup to whoever Tampa Bay brings in?
0: Uh this is going to be probably a boring answer because he's a lot like like Mariota. Like you said, they're they're the draft classmates where they went one two overall, didn't they? So uh, yeah, yeah. You know, another situation for him. He's got to revitalize his career in a city that has an established starter. I think it's a, it's as a backup. I don't know if his pride. I, I think Mariota's more humble. Uh, we saw Mariota was totally in, like, Team Tannehill. Like, he was not... A, he did not pout on the sidelines. He was all about helping Ryan Tannehill in that Titans playoff run. Yeah. Um, J- Jameis, I'm not so sure. Um, I think he still has a lot to prove. I think, like you said, he's... I threw for 5,000 yards at 30 touchdowns. Like, I'm a starter in this league. So, I think he's he's going to try to find a situation where he can start. It depends if Arian says, we're done with you, and gives him that option to go somewhere. But it's going to have to be... It's gonna to have to be a city that loses their quarterback. Like if my if my prediction of Bridgewater to the Chargers doesn't work, maybe it's Winston to the Chargers. Um maybe maybe Davis and Gruden do something crazy and bring him into Oakland uh, Vegas. That's probably not the first time I'll call him Oakland. Uh bring him into ve- bring him into Vegas to challenge Derek Carr. Um, But I, this one's just tough to pick. I'll just go with I'll go with the Chargers, even though I said that on Bridgewater. I'll say Chargers for Winston.
1: Yeah, I I see that too. I see maybe LA maybe grabbing two of these guys. You know, one one at a really good deal, one at a maybe you know a a money friendly short term deal. I was thinking as you were saying that, Frank. You know, another thing we 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 haven't really covered in this quarterback carousel is maybe go to a team that that maybe that the other guy's the starter, but there's not much confidence or it's a, you know, the confidence is shaky, you know, maybe a Chicago with Trubisky. Oh,
0: I forgot about them. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Maybe Chicago Trubisky. Maybe, you know, you mentioned Detroit, maybe Stafford gets hurt. Um, Buffalo sit in there with Allen. They're not going to mess with anyone else. Um, you just start thinking of teams that have very like questionable, you know, quarterbacks, um, yeah, I would say like Chicago might be like a, like a diamond in the rough for one of these guys. You know, go there. Obviously, um, the the uh, the offensive guru there. It's, it's, his name is blanking out on me. The coach there. Um, uh, not the L- first in Green Bay, but Nagy Nagy, the quarterback yeah, in Chicago. Yeah. Nagy. Um, you know, if if they start to if the if the uh, popularity of Mitch Trubisky roads away could you be there to pick up the pieces i mean he he, you might have to look towards those places also one place where one place we haven't looked at and i know i don't know if they're looking for a starter but um i know they have drew lock but denver could be a place too. the mario i was thinking about mario to denver maybe you know with locks there and i know he had a good end of the year but he didn't have a full body of work maybe locks you know if, if he that's true if Locke's not the guy they, they thought he was, maybe that's a place where Mariota goes as well. But... If you're betting
0: on yourself and you're saying that uh, you don't believe in Drew Locke, like a lot of people are, the hype on Drew Locke is crazy. But uh, yeah, if, you, if you're a Mariota or a Winston, and you think you can go there and beat him out or if he crashes and burns and you can come in and be the savior in Denver, that's, that's a good point. We forgot about Denver and Chicago. So yeah. that leads us into our, fi- our final quarterback. There's a few that we didn't get to, but I wanted to talk about Cam Newton. And we mentioned him earlier is he out in carolina is he gonna be back is that new staff with matt rule gonna try to rein him in or are they gonna cut ties and get let matt rule get his own guy in there i have no i have nothing to base on right now i don't hear any rumors about the subject um but i'm gonna steal your thunder Uh, well i'll let you pick first because i I tossed it up to you so where do you think (sighs) do you think if
1: can't this is one where i think cam's this is my overall number one. I, th- I think Cam stays in Carolina. I just don't think they, I don't think Carolina will be able to find a better alternative for him. There is one place. I, I this is this is in the, in the the deranged mind of Bronson Almond here. Um, maybe the Washington football team. <laughs> if Daniel Snyder had a chance to get Cam Newton, we know. We know how unpredictable and and how sway Daniel Snyder could be. Ron Rivera is there.
0: The River I has,
1: I, That's what I mean. Could you know it may not even be Ron Rivera's call. It could be very much Daniel Snyder's call. Um, I I
0: just had that vision. And the Did last Rivera time had, and Cam get along though? Yeah, I mean, I don't know about that relationship. Yeah, they would that's looking be unite good. in Washington, but. That's an I mean, interesting thought. I like the interesting.
1: That's a thought I'm putting in your head. Yeah. Obviously, I stick by my number one answer. I think he stays. I think he stays in Carolina. New regime there. Maybe a clean slate for him to reclaim his spot on the throne. But every every once in a while, I get these visions in my head. And they don't always come true. Most of them do. This is uh, you know, I go back and my friends are sick of me saying this. When uh, Peyton was doing the tour of finding his new team, I remember you know all these you know, in, uh, Miami, uh. Arizona was always in the in the. Those are like the top two, or you know, and I remember saying Denver and no one even even thought it so, because remember that was the year the Tebow beat Pittsburgh. That was coming right off of the offseason where Tebow beat Pittsburgh, and I said he's going to Denver, yeah. and no one's like no way, no way, and I, and I said this will be this will be Elway's excuse to get rid of Tebow and the fans being okay. <laughs> There is no way he would have got rid of Tebow because he never liked Tebow. There, that would have been the perfect way to get rid of Tebow if the fans being okay with it. Any other way would not have worked. But when they brought they brought uh, Peyton Manning in, and obviously the rest of his history. But I was one of the first people to call him going to the Denver. I'm not saying that's the case in this situation, but every once in a while a vision comes into my head, and I feel that if he doesn't go to Carolina, I feel like there's going to be some big explosion in Washington.
0: Well, that wraps it up, Bronson. That was a fun segment. Well, uh, where where will the quarterbacks land? I, I mean, I I forgot to give my answer. I guess I'll say, I'll say Chicago. You, like wow. I was gonna steal, I was gonna steal your thunder because you brought up the Bears, and uh, I had totally, I I totally forgot about them. But I can see that team in that division just has to make a splash. And Trubisky is seeming like he ain't going to be the guy. So if you bring a Cam Newton into there, and he's, if he's healthy. I think they with that defense I think they go to you know a favorite one of the favorites in the NFC North. So I I probably agree with you too. I think it's going to stay but just to for 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 fun of it I'll say the Bears. But um that now that officially wraps up the quarterback carousel segment uh, where will they land? That was a fun segment Bronson. Um I think we've been talking a lot of football so I'm going to switch gears on you a little bit. Um Ooh. we'll get back into Uh, But we we need to talk about the NFL draft and we need to talk about the Steelers um, offseason outlook, but I'm going to switch gears to some hockey talk. Um, I know we got a lot of hockey fans out there listening. Um, Our our hometown Penguins have hit their longest skid in several years. I haven't looked it up, but uh, in this Crosby Malkin era, I don't remember it getting this bad um 6 in a row uh the penguins have dropped and they've dropped them to some bad teams. Um losses to LA, San Jose, Anaheim, uh Toronto and Buffalo in that mix. Um oddly enough the the best game they played in the six it was against Washington. Um I thought. Yeah. But, but I agree. Um, Pens have dropped 6 straight. They're now in 3rd in the Metro. They've fallen behind the Flyers. Um and right at their heels are the Islanders, the Blue Jackets, and the Hurricanes, just that Metro Division so stacked. I mean, two uh, of the, the three Pe-
1: make big moves too. Not to cut you off, uh, Frankie. But-
0: no, I know, I know. But uh the Penguins, I, I don't want to say they're a jeopardy of missing the playoffs. I think they build enough of a cushion. I think they have a five-point lead on that last wild card. But um and they're about to get some key pieces back, which is which is they need it right now more than ever. John Marino is going to hopefully play tomorrow night, uh, with the full face shield after the broken facial bone, uh, surgery. Um, and also Brian Dumoulin has yeah. been skating and back on the top pair with Latang in practice. So the domino effect of these guys coming back is going to be huge because we've just looked sloppy defensively. Uh, everybody we've looked slow. We're not completing our chances. They're not burying pucks. Uh, it looks like the effort has been there at times, but it, they've they've run into some good goaltenders. I thought John Gibson was really good in Anaheim the other night. Um, they didn't they they got lucky and didn't face Jonathan Quick, but the youngster Peterson played well. Um, San Jose was a wash. I you know I didn't stay up for that whole game. These West Coast games are hard, but uh, five nothing is an embarrassment. So. Yeah. Um, I saw today at practice, the big guy was in the stands. Uh, so I don't know if that's a statement or not. Mario Lemieux, uh, the owner, um, was, was in the, the seats watching practice. So I think he was trying to make a statement, uh, to the, to the boys, but, uh, Dumoulin and Marino game time decisions. Nick Bukestad as well adds a depth forward for you. Um, you never know what you're going to get out of Bukestad. He's a guy since he's come over from Florida that, uh, hasn't produced at the level that they thought, but uh, he lengthens the lineup and, and maybe can put a jolt of energy into that, uh, that forward group. But, um, Ottawa tomorrow night at home is a must-win. you got to stop the bleeding. Um, Ottawa, of course, is a you know a seller-dweller. They've sold everybody at the deadline. They're way out of the playoffs. Penguins need a statement win tomorrow. I hope they get a lot of their pl- injured players back, and we can put this losing streak behind us. But uh, I want to get your thoughts, Bronson, on the six-game losing streak. What, what areas have you noticed have been lacking um, is it the goaltending? Is it defense? Is it a combination of everything? Uh, what's been going wrong? Is it just bad luck, and we shouldn't worry? Um, is it these new players they acquired not meshing well? Um, and and what do you see coming forward with the schedule? Do you do you see the Penguins getting out of this funk and having a better week?
1: Um, it's funny you covered so much there in that that opening. Um, is it is it the coward's way out to say maybe a factor of all of those things? Um, it was funny. I was uh, I was driving home uh, Saturday night right before the uh, the puck dropped on the Penguins and Sharks. Uh, Phil Bork did an interview with Jacques Martin, and he thought one of their big issues were they were getting themselves in scoring opportunities, but not shooting the puck making that one too many passes or maybe, you know, know, maybe waiting that one too many seconds before, you know, releasing the puck. So not, maybe not shooting enough on scoring chances. Obviously the Penguins have played the musical uh, chairs of, you know, with the crease basically at this point, you know, with them not winning, going back and forth with uh, Jari and Murray. Um, Jari has played lately, the better the two, but that's kind of not, it's not really mattering because, you know, Jacques also said in the same interview that, you know, they're playing good, but they're not making that one save that they need to win mm-hmm. games. Um, and they, I think it all goes back to the deadline. It's funny, Frank, you know, they're on this losing streak, which started before the deadline. So I don't want to really pin this on the newly acquired players fitting in because it started before that. It started that Buffalo, Washington, the losing before the deadline. Um, it's very ironic that, you, that the Penguins play the uh Ottawa Senators tomorrow because I don't know if you saw today, but they call the, the Sense called up Philip Gustafson. Oh, yeah, what wow. a weird way. If he played I don't think he'll play tomorrow, but how ironic would it be if he plays tomorrow and the losing streak continues. <sighs> but they called him up today. Uh um as you said, Mario was in practice today. Um, it all kind of he kind of goes back. I mean it's just I, I think when you've had such a huge run, the, pit, the Pittsburgh's had all year, in an 82 game season, you have your ups and downs. Well, other than the beginning of the year, Pittsburgh really hasn't had that down lately. Take anyone on the lineup, the Penguins have been winning. So it's obviously poetic justice that, you know, Sid comes back and, you know, some guys are coming back to the lineup and then they make these acquisitions. And now all of a sudden they, they, they're forgetting to find the net and they're not getting that save. And there's that defensive breakdown and there's that power play breakdown. Um, mm-hmm. I, I always like to uh, chalk it up to maybe you know just that point where you know the you know they're going to go through a streak a streak of bad luck. But honestly, they can't afford that right now. All these teams are passing them or on the on the cusp of passing them, and everything kind of you know the DNA of all this. You know, obviously, is the, the the deadline. Um, I know we're going to go more into this in probably in a, in a segment here in a few minutes. But obviously, Penn's getting Patrick Marlowe. Um, and then reacquiring Connor Sherry as well as acquiring Evan Rodriguez. Um, obviously, the, the two big acquisitions are hoping will be tomorrow when if uh, if DuMo and John Marino get in the lineup. But um, you look at the teams that are chasing them, Carolina. And by the way, this is funny because we were talking about Vincent Trocek last show. He goes to Carolina in the deal, and you know, for some prospects, uh, the Islanders swing the big the big sign and trade deal to get JG uh, Pajo their their teams in the hunt. You know Lou doesn't sit still. He loves to go get his guy. And you know what? As bad as it was getting Pajot, they almost got Parise, which would have mm-hmm. been a major deal for the Penguins. Um it's just one of those things, Frank, and I said this in the last show I told you this. You know, it would have been you know and now I kind of wish I'd taken back my words. You know, I wish they kind of would you know cool off a little bit so they don't stumble into the playoffs playing bad hockey. But at this point, they'll be like, you know, they need they need to write the ship quick. Or there may not be a playoff to even talk about. Um, tomorrow, Ottawa will be the telltale sign. It's. A, I agree with you. It is a must win. And I'll throw this team in a second. But how ironic would it be if Gustafson starts tomorrow?
0: <laughs> That's a nice angle at that story. I didn't hear about him getting called up. But, of course, the former Penguin draft pick that was going to be maybe the next guy here to uh, take over the mantle for Flurry. Since since then, we've seen the Penguins draft. Tristan Jari and Matt Murray in those two rows above Guffson uh, making him yeah. expendab- expendable in a trade, uh, we know, to Ottawa in the Derek Brassard deal, um, which didn't work out for the Penguins, so it would sting even more if Gustafson becomes a star. Um, obviously, the Penguins, it's not hurting now because we have two good guys, but um, it would be, I hope he doesn't get the start because there might be some mojo there for the kid to want to do it against his, the team that traded him away. So that's such an interesting thing to look out for tomorrow, a nice little side note for the game. Um I'm looking now. The the next time we talk, the Penguins are probably going to play six or seven games. Um, I'm going to. We mentioned Ottawa tomorrow. They're in Buffalo uh, Thursday, the fifth. Another battle with the Capitals coming up on Saturday. We have them at home. um, Finally, it's first time the Capitals come come to Pittsburgh this year. We get them twice in the month of March, Uh, and we have the Carolina Hurricanes four times still. Um, left in the season, so kind of a metro, metropolitan heavy schedule the rest of the way, but we'll be a couple winnable games this week, I think with Ottawa and Buffalo. Hopefully, I mean Buffalo's on the road, but I think we can get a win there. If you win three out of four this week, I think you're back on track. Uh, then you have the Devils, you have Columbus, you got Carolina, who I mentioned we play a lot, so the Penguins gotta be ready because they're They're playing teams that are in the playoff, hungry for points. Um, Playoff jockeying for position right now. Do you want to get that two seed and get the home ice advantage? Um, It's looking like a potential matchup with a cross-state rival Flyers. Um, I'd love to have the home ice over them. Penguins, uh, three points back of the Flyers all of a sudden with this uh, recent. The Flyers have actually won their last six, and the Penguins lost their last six, so. They've really vaulted over the Penguins in the standing one game in hand on the Flyers, but still three points back. So with 19 or so games to go, uh, the Penguins cannot afford to uh, stay in this losing streak this long. so I, I really look forward. Like like we've been saying, I think the injuries. I think the 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 team getting healthier and then getting back to some home cooking here, uh, with three out of the next four at uh, PPG Paints Arena. Uh, I think you see the Penguins uh, rebound and and right to ship and, and get this heading towards uh, towards the Stanley Cup playoffs. Uh, it's,
1: it's funny that you said it, You you labeled the upcoming. You know teams up on the schedule. That sounded like a whole lot of Carolina and a whole lot of Vincent Trocheck. we're going to be saying so Sure. He never does good against us. And quickly before we move on, Frank, I, I did want to cover the deadline a little bit. Cover both deals. Pittsburgh made then maybe see what you, you thought uh, around the league what a sneaky deal was. Um, obviously, the Penguins acquired uh, Patrick Marlowe from the San Jose Sharks uh, the night before there was rumors that the Penguins were talking at least about Marlowe and Joe Thornton. It ended up being Patrick Marleau. Now they gave up the third round pick, which become a second rounder if the Penguins go out and win the Stanley Cup. Um, brings Patrick Marlowe here to uh, his favorite team growing up. His wife was active on Twitter upon the acquisition, uh, posting pictures of Patrick uh, with the uh, with, with uh, pictures of him with the Penguins shirt as a kid. Um, obviously, that was the big deal until right before the deadline. The Penguins uh, reacquired Connor Sherry uh, along with uh, bringing in Evan Rodriguez. They gave up Dominic Cahoon, who I admit. That did not sit well with me. I've always been a big cahoon guy. Mm-hmm. I felt like Buke's dad's the guy I probably would have sent back in that deal. but what's done is done Cahoon's there in Buffalo. Connor Sherry's back here. They're hoping he'll rediscover his game playing along uh, familiar line mates. Um, Evan Rodriguez has you know has been with the bang for the buck. They're hoping maybe he could fill out the the depth on the bottom six with some timely scoring and some fast play. Um, obviously, Marlowe's role will probably be a bottom six guy who could, who could occasionally come up in the top six with injuries and or, you know, how Sully sees fits. So, Frank, um, what do you think about the Penguins' deals? And um, what is your sneaky deal that maybe someone else did that uh, you thought isn't being talked enough about?
0: Well, the Penguins' acquisitions, it's it's tough to comment on now because with, with them losing, it's like, are any of them going to pay off? But you got to stay patient and, and hope that uh, everything Jim Rutherford pulled off at the deadline is going to, end up um, working out for the Penguins. Already, I do see Connor Sherry. You know, he's always been that guy that has the speed and has the ability to play with Sid, but everybody says, can he finish? Um, I've noticed on the West Coast road trip, he was very noticeable. Uh, The speed is there. He's around the net. Um, You can already see that the the, the telepathy is back with Sid. They know where each other are going to be, and he's got that speed to keep up with Sid through the neutral zone. Uh, I think the puck's... You have to think the pucks are going to start going in for the for the whole team, and that includes Sherry. Um, I, I keep him on the top line if I'm Mike Sullivan for for a little longer. Um, you got to just you have to stick with some consistency in your lines, um, win or lose. I think guys got to get get more chemistry together. Um, you have Zucker on the other wing; who's a talented player that can finish as well. Um, he almost got us back into that Anaheim game with that late goal, um, but. I like – Rodriguez is a guy that just lengthens your lineup. He, he's he's a solid player that can kill penalties, fill multiple roles for you, win a face-off, play wing or center. Um, definitely knows his role, that he's going to be a bottom six player. Um, probably not okay with it, but probably wouldn't make waves if he's a healthy scratch um, just because he's coming to a situation where there's a chance to win a Stanley Cup. Um, I think he's a guy that will go where, where he's needed. Um, and then Marlowe, you bring in the, the crafty veteran that, at forty that can still skate for his age. Um, like you said, he's one of those elevator forwards. Put him on the first line or the fourth line. Another another guy that's not going to make ways. He's not going to be a, a a veteran that uh, scoffs at that. I can't. I'm a, I'm better than a fourth liner. Um, I think he'll play anywhere. I think they'll try him with Malkin and Sid at times just to see if there's any magic. And I'd like to see him on the top power play, honestly, because. I think you could play – I think I think Mario could come back and play on a power play. <laughs> I mean, I, I don't think you can be too old to play on At a power play. At this point in
1: the streak, why not? I mean, <laughs> point, why yeah, not? so
0: I think the three acquisitions are going to end up being okay. Like I said, it makes them a deeper team. It kind of – that fourth line for so long it was kind of a revolving door of Wilkes-Barre, Scranton, baby penguins. Yeah. And, and, I mean, I'm not knocking Lafferty – Agazino, Angelo, but those guys aren't quite ready yet. Lafferty may be the closest because he ha- he brings the element of speed and some finish. Right, I-, I think he's contributed five or six goals so far, which isn't isn't bad for the amount of ice time he's getting. But uh, uh, they and sadly they did lose Agazino to the Ducks. I was worried he'd score against us. Um, sure but we 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 were we had to lose Agazzino due to waivers. Uh we tried to send him back down to Wilkes-Barre, but uh he had enough service time in the league and his contract was worked in a way where you know, he he had to go through waivers before being sent down after we had to make roster room for the three new guys. So we lost Agazzino, but Angelo went back down. Lafferty's with the team now cuz Dominic Simone's out. Um forgot to mention that. Dominic Simone's out 3 3 to 4 weeks. Yeah. So but you-
1: but opens is more of an opportunity up for, you know, for Connor Sherry too.
0: To yeah, it's another guy. Simone's a guy similarly that plays well with Sid. He's that gritty guy that goes and wins puck battles that you don't expect to score the goals, but he's a good complimentary line mate for Sid, but uh, doesn't have that finish. And, you know, I'm hoping Connor Sheary shows some finish and starts recapturing some of that 2016, 17 magic with some of those big playoff goals. Um, It's a whole different animal come playoff time. So we'll see if these guys step up their game. But as far as the stretch run, um we got to start getting some some contributions from not just the depth guys but Malkin and Sid have to step up their games True. i mean, they, sid. these two guys are your cornerstones and they've kind of been silent so sid has
1: so, been like i think he looked at the day he was like he's like minus eight saving the entire trip so far i mean yeah I so
0: and and he and he took it on himself too he's he's not been quiet about it he says i got you know my game's been lousy and it's on me as the captain to get this group going so um I think they'll be all right. Like I said, the schedule starts getting a little easier, some more home games, uh, and they're getting healthier. So I'm not hitting that panic button yet, even after no. a six-game losing streak. I think they're going to make the playoffs, and at that point, I'm not sure seating matters that much. No. Um, you might even maybe end up
1: getting... maybe because it might be it could be the difference between playing a team like the Islanders or playing a team like the Flyers. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, the Penguins. You probably don't want to see the Islanders. You'd much rather see in the first round. But I mean, at this point, at this point, the Penguins. I can't really pick and choose.
0: <laughs> and I want to give you my sneaky move. I'm, 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 I'm cheating here. I'm looking through all the trades. Um, I can't lie, but uh, <laughs> I haven't seen who's made a huge impact yet. Cause it's only been about a week since the guys have been on their new teams. But I, I haven't seen what Kovalchuk's added to the capitals. That's just another weapon on that power play. You have yeah. to think Edmonton. I thought Edmonton got a lot better. Um, they're a team that's with Connor McDavid and Sidle, They add Athens you, Mike Green. Um, they basically stole the whole Red Wings. Tyler like, every, Ennis. Every, Tyler Ennis, more speed. Um, I, I thought it was interesting Vegas going after Robin Leonard. Are they not confident in Marc-Andre Fleury? Is, is there an injury we know about? say
1: that because that was going to be my move. If it would have been the Parisi for Lad trade that had been hyped up until 3 o'clock, that would have been it, but uh, that was the big, you know, WTF trade the Leonard going to the, the Knights. Um, Mark's not been horrible, but he hasn't been what he's been the last couple of years. He's had some struggles. I think the team itself has had some struggles. Um, but I don't think, you know, I don't think should he got a hurt? Shouldn't even have got hurt? Should he have been injured and or his game goes more down the, down the depths? They obviously didn't trust Malcolm Subban to step in there. Um, Chicago, I thought they did uh they were I think they did uh Leonard a solid, you know, for bringing him in and him helping them out, gave them the chance to go to Vegas. And yeah, Mark Mark's game has not been good lately. And so they're hoping that Leonard, you know, pushes Mark to be better and in terms, you know, also is a very good insurance policy in case something happens to Mark. Um not trying to cheat here, but you know, you um, I think Kreider would have been the huge down to the felt, but then at the eleventh hour, him and the Rangers uh they, they, they got the long-term deal to stay in New York. Um, we actually called the Trochek getting moved. But since we, we recorded the last show, the Panthers are really starting to show, you know, they're making the push to the playoffs. It was shocking that Trochek got traded. Um, but, um, yeah, I, I think, honestly, I, I'm, I'm going to go with my buddy Greg Wyshynski, Puck Daddy on ESPN. The intriguing one was the deal that didn't get done. The, the Paris for basically led the – the long-term, uh, bad contract for long-term bad contract. <laughs> um, I actually, I look for that to probably get done around the draft in the off
0: season. It could, yeah. It might not be dead yet. Yeah.
1: Yeah. It's, and it's, it's one of those things too, where Lou, when Lou finds out that the public knows about it, he kind of, he kind of runs away as the quote, Greg, which he kind of runs away like the deer in the, in the backyard when you turn the porch on the porch mm-hmm. light on. Um, I think they'll go, and that'll be huge. Cause, um, Zach Parisi, although he, uh, he, his wife wanted to go to Minnesota. He's kind of wanted to always at some point, he wanted to be drafted by the Islanders, but he's always wanted to play for the Islanders at some point. He, Both guys, I think, had waived the no-trade clause to go there. He's always wanted to play at the Islanders because that's where his dad played the majority of his career. Uh, so he spent a lot of his childhood there in, in New York, so... That's on the other forward to getting done, in the they'll probably get done in the offseason. But if that one had went off, that'd have been crazy. But I'm with you, Frank. Uh, the Leonard trade to Vegas is the ultimate insurance policy for Vegas. They want to make sure that goaltending depth is uh, is there, and because marc Andre Fleury is their is their franchise. You know, for all be intents and purposes, he's the franchise player there in Vegas.
0: Well, I'm Paris Sabran, I'm it, it's an interesting deal because when he and Suter went to the Wild three four years ago with that. I think they both got identical 13-year, $90 million deals. It was crazy. Yeah. And, and they're like halfway through it at this point. And it just hasn't worked in Minnesota. They're always around the playoffs. They've made a few deeper runs. I don't think they've even got to a Western Conference final with oh. that group. And um, they, they've tried so many different coaches. Uh, most recently, Boudreaux, Bruce Boudreaux gone. Um I, I can see – I don't know if they'll both be gone, if Suter's going to look to get out of there. I know they're both Minnesota natives, and that was the whole thing going home. But yeah. uh, Parisi back to the Islanders, I didn't know the connection to the dad. That's a good one too. But also the Lula Amarillo, he, he was a New Jersey devil. So yeah. there's there's that connection now too. Um, I definitely think that deal gets made at, at the draft and in the offseason too. I think it happens. It got too close to not happen. And Minnesota needs to reset things. They need to – you know that deal actually isn't that bad of a deal now. In today's cap, I think it's like a six or seven million dollar cap hit. I think crazy. that's the snag in their deal. I think it's
1: the money going either. That's, yeah, that's honestly what's the snag in the trade. I do. But believe. they'll work
0: it out. And, and I I saw it. It was interesting with Leonard. It was a it was a low risk thing for the Golden Knights because they pulled off a Jim Rutherford kind of work the salary cap. I think a third team was involved, and I think that the. Toronto Maple Leafs, I want to say, are paying half of Leonard's salary. So it's only a $2.5 million on the cap for Vegas. You remember how we did that with Broussard? Yeah. And, and there was a third team that took, I think it was Vegas, that took Brassard's money. And we gave them Ryan Reeves or something like that. But um, they, so Leonard's cap, it's $5 million and the Vegas Knights were right up against the cap. So they, they had a team take some of that money.
1: Oh, I had no idea too. That went what, back. What, what went back to Chicago along with Subban was uh, not only Demon, but uh, the pick that the Penguins gave them uh, for them to take Flurry in the expansion draft. Yeah, and that was always that was always the biggest cross. You know, cross stuck in my hide. There was them giving the pick to take Flurry uh, when they were going to take Flurry the entire time. Now, in a in a conversation
0: that I were had... were we afraid they were going to take Brian Rust?
1: That was a thing. I was talking. Um, Mark Madden was here in with City at uh, the Suns. They're really doing a thing. And I talked to him, and he said that they were very into into Brian Rust. Yeah, and he and he feels that Rutherford dangled that to make sure they took Flurry. Um, and it's funny because because of the second round pick, I do think that that, that equity was built for the Brissard deal, why Vegas took so much of the salary when he came to Pittsburgh. Not yeah. only that, they they didn't want him to go to Winnipeg, who was in the playoff push at the time too. So I'm sure it's a little bit of a both. Yeah. I think it was a, I think a lot of it was um was George McPhee giving Rutherford you know the dab back you know that thanks for helping him out with will bring a mark over. Yeah, um, but I think again, it, it's and now the, that pick, you know, now that pick goes to Chicago. And,
0: and I'd love to be a fly on the wall in some of the, in the roofs of some of those GM conversations. Like there's so much backdoor dealing, and it's all done within the rules. But the way that they can work things is, was, especially the expansion <laughs> draft. I thought personally the expansion draft was a little bit being able to bribe a team into not taking somebody seems a little underhanded to yeah. me but if it's, if it's within the rules it's within the rules and from what i hear the seattle draft in a couple of years is going to have the same they're going to the
1: same concept
0: because it and has to be fair it has to be fair because if yeah. vegas was allowed to get good right away seattle wow. has to be good right away
1: it was also uh, vegas also not really, you know frank and i was kind of going a little bit of a diatribe here on the side with vegas but a lot of big things too is that teams had to give up good players to give up bad contracts. You know, Columbus had to give them, you know, William Carlson to take the, to take the, the, the Clarkson trade. And in yeah. Florida, Florida had to give them Jonathan Marches to take Riley Smith. It's
0: a lot and, of bribing. Yeah.
1: And, yeah. Again, yeah. going back to the bribing. So, you know, Vegas obviously benefited by taking some bad, co- you know, they got good players to take bad contracts. <clears throat> and ironically of all things this year, uh, David Clarkson went back to jersey at a contract, some sort of deal too. That's funny. His I'll, crack, I'll
0: crack you up, Bronson, too. Like uh, our nerd listeners will like this. Um, I'm a big player of NHL video games and um I I still have NHL eighteen. I haven't bought the newest one, but I I, I fixed the rosters myself. So I pretty much have it going pretty well with the the current rosters. And yeah. you see that like um Pavel Datsuk is like still <laughs> on the Arizona Coyotes yeah. roster quote unquote, just as a cap thing. And Chris Pronger was very recently, like still on the flyers or, and, and, uh, Marion Hosa is still on,
1: Hossa.
0: I think Sport. he's on it. Nathan Horton, these guys so contracts hard. are still out there. Just c- teams that have a ton of cap room and then took on that in order to get draft picks or another player. It's, it's crazy yeah. how they're the allowed to
1: contracts. You know. <laughs> well, that's funny. Well, I, was, I thought it was funny that you know, progress contract was being was being trailed around, and he already had a job in the NHL. You know, as part of the disciplinary committee or whatever he was yeah, doing. How's that?
0: Work? Yeah, <laughs> you, can't be, you can't be in both capacities if you're still considered a player. Well, it's funny you mentioned the backdoor, you know,
1: deals the NHL GMs did. That's why I thought uh, when Shika took over as the GM of the Coyotes he was kind of forced to take on that Datsu contract It's kind of like, not like an initiation, but kind of like to build that equity with the relationship with some of the GMs. You know, he took that
0: too How hilarious is it too, Bronson, that GMJR has been dealing with Jason Botterill and Bill Guerin on all these traits? Uh-huh. Like, <laughs> I mean, you know, you know, obviously with Jason Zucker and the Rodriguez and Sherry, he's dealing with two of his, his old deputies. So
1: mean- you know that... The- was it any different when Craig Patrick was doing it with EJ when EJ went to Hartford? So. No, no. So that,
0: that everybody works it with their old buddies and tries to help each other out. So, and you know, we didn't give Bill Guerin peanuts. Obviously, we we touched upon that last week, where it was like, uh, yeah. Kaylin, Kaylin Addison and a first round pick is gonna sting. But, uh, but no, I, Leonard. Just to, to tie a bow on Leonard, I think it was a low risk because they 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 didn't play his whole salary, and if Flurry stumbles or gets hurt the the golden knights have a, a solid goalie that's a ufa he's not going to be back in vegas next no. year, so it's just a rental it's insurance for flurry at a cheap price and they they didn't give up much so um that that's a, a sneaky move as well um you, you said you were going to pick that and I, I went with um who did i go with bronson remind me yeah the, uh, <laughs> hey, the, the oilers getting the
1: oilers getting the tennessee and mike green yeah
0: so. Because I'd like to see, just as a McDavid fan, I'd like to see them, you know, make a deep playoff run and excite everybody. Because he's a superstar in this league. But, again,
1: uh, again, we bring back the example: uh, Holland and Edmonton,
0: Steve Eiserman in Detroit.
1: Again, we're making deals with friends.
0: <laughs> well, Bronson, I want to. We're we're getting close to running out of time. I wanted to get some a, a little bit more about the NFL draft and the combine you yeah. um, know transition into that we're, we're going to touch briefly on it um i don't know if you got a chance to catch any of the combine i saw the i saw the highlights um i'm hearing that there's an offensive lineman at uh 300 and some odd pounds that set the record for the 40 time um it's crazy i saw the clip of him. Uh i think he was under five with his 40 or right near five seconds um he he's a uh, The top their 13th rated prospect. Um, I think his name is uh let's let's look him up. Uh Tristan Wirfs out of Iowa. Uh, 6'5, 320. He ran a crazy 30 time. He's not gonna be on the board for the Steelers, unfortunately, because I think we do need an offensive lineman. I think our group's getting older, and I think we should cut one or two of them guys making a lot of money. Um, but worfs is not gonna be around for the Steelers at 49. Um I like the tight end out of Notre Dame, Cole Komet. I'm hearing that he's a guy that can stretch the field like a wide receiver, but also play tight end. He's kind of a hybrid. Um, you know, that that Gronkowski type that every team wants to get. But yeah. I think Big Ben I think Big Ben needs another weapon. Uh I, I, I like Deontay Johnson's emergence. I think Juju still got some life in him. Um, Nate Washington, I think is still going to be solid. I'm not giving up on him or not. Nate, James Washington, not Nate Washington. Uh, James Washington, I think still has a chance to be good, but Steelers need to go offensive line, tight end, uh, get, get Ben some more protection and, and more uh, weapons. I think the defensive side of the ball is solid. they for getting Minka Fitzpatrick and the emergence of TJ Watt. Um, but, other than that, everybody, I think that the the draft is going to shake out. I don't know if there's going to be many shockers. I think everybody knows Burrow's going number one to the Bengals. Uh, he's kind of uh, dispelled the rumors that he would sit out like Elway. Um, I think he said he would play for whoever picks him. Um, Chase Young out of Ohio State. A lot of people have him higher than Burrow, but uh, the Bengals are not going to not going to pass on Burrow. So um, you have. Chase Young probably going second. You have your boy Tua Tagovailoa that you talked about earlier. Who's going to land him? Is it Detroit? Is it Miami? Does Washington pick him just because they have Dwayne Haskins? But do they go with Tagovailoa and try to work something out there? So, I mean, I haven't followed it much, Bronson, I'll be honest. But – I, I kind of just focus on what the Steelers are going to do. So maybe give me your thoughts on if you've seen any of the combine and what you think the Steelers, what are their needs? Where are they going to go uh, with their, their, their first pick, which is 49th overall in the second round.
1: Yeah. Um, as you said, I mean, you are looking at the tight end from Notre Dame. That's a, kind of figuring they need a playmaking tight end. I mean, that just, you know, you, you know, Bill Belichick and uh, Michael Lombardi always said this on Colin Cowher's show. He's always been, you know, you build from the center out, not from the the sideline in. Um, obviously, their offensive line is at least, at least serviceable, probably will be for the next couple seasons. Um, they need a big playmaking tight end because, obviously, Vance McDonald was was, was basically a disappointment uh, last year. They need to get off of that, try to maybe find a big playmaking tight end in the second round. Um, different, you know, mock drafts of different things like... Um, Walter football is a big one. I look at a lot. Uh, his stuff is really cool. He is uh the Steelers drafting um, uh, Bradley and I, uh the, uh, the edge guy from Utah. Uh, and he's anticipating, you know, if the Steelers lose, Bud to pre free agency. So, well, if they do, if they do keep bud or do the, you know, franchise or whatever, that could change the, you know, the outlook uh, entirely. I, I, I'm with you, Frank. I kind of admit, I did not, you know, this fall didn't allow me to really go depth in the, deep into college football. This is probably a show where, you know, uh, you know, I'd bring my friend John or Seth on, and we'd, they they are football nerds. Uh, they'd be all over this. <laughs> they'd probably, you know, they'd be smacking themselves here at me. But I think they need a tight end. Obviously, you know, the usual the usual suspect Steeler needs. <laughs> the depth of defensive back, depth on the edge. Maybe, you know, interior, if Seth on two comes back, maybe not interior line, I mean, so, you know what you want do they need do they need another running back in case Connor has the 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 epic you know the injuries and and every bad play of last year um, it's up in the air. Um, obviously the big thing in the middle round of the draft is will Pittsburgh take a quarterback That's always the thing every year especially with Ben. and now that we've seen Mason Rudolph in a large sample size it seems that maybe the confidence isn't there with Mason. um I'm with you, Frank probably like an ed- maybe an edge guy tight end. Um, it's, you know, this it's, it's still early because in here very soon here, we're going to be in free agent frenzy. Uh, a lot of the moves will also dictate what uh, other teams attack for and need. So right now, if you, you, maybe that's probably my answer right there for you.
0: I wasn't really even thinking quarterback Bronson. It, it um, it led me to look up some of the prospects and, it's interesting, around those middle rounds, you have guys ranked like Jalen Hurts. I
1: was just going to say, are you uh, going to bring Jalen I, Hurts up?
0: <laughs> a guy, a guy, you know, Heisman Trophy a candidate, and um Jake Fromm from Georgia is a big name that's uh, projected to go third, fourth round. Um, after that, though, it's a big drop-off. Um, I, I don't see Kelly Bryant, who used to be at Clemson. And transferred to Missouri, is a guy I can see us looking at because of the high pedigree when he was recruited by Clemson. Uh, same with Shea Patterson from Michigan, uh, but he's only six foot one. I know the Steelers are—they they do like those big pocket passer types. Um, I don't know if this is the year we look to draft another quarterback to push Rudolph um as the backup and and see if they can find the heir apparent to ben um but i can see those big guys like jake Fromm and Jalen hurts um if they're available in the fourth fifth round it'd be hard to maybe pass up one of those guys with a pedigree but um running backs interesting too because james connor as we all know is so injury prone and it's it's too bad because i root for the guy as a pit fan Same. and it, and uh, yeah, everything with his story. I want him to be the guy. He got the he he got the starting job after Le'Veon Bell left, and looked so good uh, last season at the twenty eighteen season uh, until he got hurt. And um, I think I think there's still something left in the tank if he can just stay healthy. Um, we don't know what we're gonna get out of Benny Snell football either. Yeah. Um, so I a lot of people like the LSU running back uh, Hilaire Edwards Hilaire. He might be available uh, in the third round. Um, I don't think they'd use their first pick on them. They have much more pressing needs than running back. Um, but the Steelers could go a multitude of ways. I identify tight end and offensive line as the biggest need, so I hope they address that. I hope they, they get multiple offensive linemen because I think that group is getting overpriced and older. Um, if you're going to have Ben around for any longer, you're going to have to protect him. So, uh I, I see the Steelers possibly signing a veteran backup quarterback. I don't know who's going to be out there. We had this segment earlier about the carousel, but Fitzpatrick? I, I'm hearing Fitzpatrick, Joe Flacco. Like I'm oh, hearing that, which would be crazy, but uh, to see him in black and gold. But you know that group of that that veteran backup, because you know I feel much more comfortable, honestly, of Flacco coming in than Mason Rudolph. If Ben goes down again, like Ben could throw one pass and realize my career is over. Like with that, with yeah. that Tom, he, he had Tommy John surgery or something like it. So it's good to see that he's been back throwing. Um, there's video out on social media of uh, Big Ben in a in a gymnasium tossing it around. Nothing strenuous, but um, back getting the throwing motion going. So the surgery must have gone well, and he's resumed throwing activities. We'll see, we'll see where he's at by OTAs and training camp and all that. But uh, looking like he's poised to return. Um, hopefully at some sort of a semblance of the Ben we know. Um, if it's 100%, we shouldn't see any worries, and he should be back to his old self. I know he's getting up there towards 40 now. But um, that's a good sign. Um, it, all, it all runs through Ben. So I think the Steelers, with him back, have a shot. Uh, as good as anybody next year. Um, but... Yeah, that's I think that's their draft look uh, lookout Bronx and they have a few other things to deal with as far as cap space um, and as far as what do they do with somebody like Bud Dupree do they franchise tag him um, do they let him walk and save that money and and hope to draft an edge rusher um, or put their eggs in the basket of like a what Anthony Chicolo, those those guys that you know fill it that were backups Um I I think I see them tagging Bud Dupree. I, I would bring him back for the one more year, but uh, I don't know what your thoughts on that are. Where do you see the roster other than the draft? What do you see us? Do you see us signing any free agents? The Steelers don't typically do that. No. Um, but do you see them signing a free agent? Uh, do you? Who do you see them cutting? Um, in, in that in that realm. If they don't, if they don't attack
1: quarterback need draft, like the drafting the mid rounds like i didn't think they will i just think that's always the thing that the fan base always talks about They probably sign a, a veteran backup um i think they probably will franchise you know bud you know give him another year um i i i don't think you can't you know it's there you might as well um just get another year and then you know cup bait after the next year um yeah it's basically that. <laughs> it's basically what i got i mean I mean, there's really, you know. Obviously, if everyone kind of repeats, you know, Hayden has another, you know, Hayden has a better year, and the offensive line's back to form, and Ben's even resembling anything of what he was the last couple of years, they'll, they'll they'll be knocking on the door at least, and hopefully Connor can not rebound from the bad year of last year.
0: Well, Bronson, we covered a lot. We, we covered a lot tonight we're, we're, we're getting low on time. Uh, once a week or once a show, um, Bronson and I are going to do a closing where we pick a wild card, a grab bag topic. And, um, this week I'm going to let Bronson go first. Uh, Bronson, your closing topic tonight, you you chose the WWE and, uh, we, we cover all sports here, even wrestling. So I, I wanted to see what your thought, what your topic is and what you wanted to talk about in your closing, your closing statement tonight about the <laughs> WWE.
1: Uh, not just about WWE, but a pro wrestling in general, obviously, if you are a strictly WWE fan, we are on the road to WrestleMania. Um, uh, WWE took a big, uh, you know, mainstream, you know, big time, you know, diehard fan hit, uh, Last week, uh, they had their show in Saudi Arabia, the Super Showdown um goldberg beat uh wwe universal champion bray Wyatt, the fiend in like a minute two minutes enough 50 mid 50s goldberg comes in with a spear jackhammer wins the title <laughs> and so basically it's going to set up him and roman reigns at wrestlemania for the universal title um it's also a good way to get roman reigns over with the fans they've not been too big on roman they see him as a artificial creation of vince mcmahon you know he's creating the hulk hogan's the john Cena's, as the the the, the blue eyed baby face is there, so obviously they were not happy with the with the way uh, Bray Wyatt uh, lost the uh, the match in Saudi Arabia. Um, AEW, uh, Frank, I know you probably don't watch too much of AEW. Um, yeah, I wanted Cody... to ask
0: you. I, I said WWE, but I forgot about this new this new league, this this new uh, upstart. Uh... So,
1: so real quick, AEW is a new organization. It's founded by uh, Cody Rhodes. He remember. he had he was in WWE for quite a few years. Stardust, Cody Rhodes with his dad uh, or dad Dusty and Goldust. Yep. Uh, Dustin followed him over. Uh, they're doing. They created AEW. It's him, uh, Matt, and Nick Jackson, the Young Bucks, and they have heavy. Uh, heavy uh, investors in the Khan family. Obviously, you know, the Khan family owns the Jacksonville Jaguars. Right. Shad um, Santoni is the president of AEW. They got a network deal on TNT, trying to recreate the old wrestling war that WCW had. The
0: Monday night wars. Yeah. Yeah. That was my era.
1: <laughs> this, now they do Wednesday. They're on Wednesday uh, on TNT. They go up against WWE's third, third league uh, NXT every Wednesday night. That's the big thing there. Uh, AEW just had their pay-per-view last Saturday. Um, a big match, Kenny Omega, um, Adam Adam Hangman Page, and the Young Bucks, they had probably what Dave Meltzer called one of the best tag team matches he's ever seen in his life. Um, Obviously, a guy that I encourage you in our listening audience to look up. Uh, Frank, you'll love this guy. I guarantee you'll love this guy. His name is Maxwell Jacob Friedman. He's this heel, this pompous, arrogant, like rich boy heel. And his, 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 his catchphrase is, I'm better than you and you know it. Um, he actually made his debut. He was an eight year old kid on the Rosie O'Donnell show singing. You are my sunshine. Oh, boy. And he was just a kid. And then he became this wrestler and uh, he is, he's amazing on the microphone. I honestly would put him up there almost as good as Rock and Flair and Jericho. His mic skills are tremendous. Um, his just being the, him staying kayfabe, staying in character, and just being a typical, a, a really high level heel is awesome. And, that, and before I wrap this up, Frank, um, obviously AEW has two uh, homegrown talents. Um, Dr. Britt Baker, uh, she went to uh, dental school at Pitt, and she's actually a dentist. But meanwhile, when she was chasing her PhD, she was uh, working the independence here in Pittsburgh, and uh, did some, re- you know, wrestled. He, she is, uh, she was AEW's first uh, female uh, competitor signed. Um, she's doing a great, uh, she's doing awesome on TV right now. And then uh, Maxwell Jacob Freeman's actually muscle. His insurance policy is a guy named Wardlow. And people who watch the independency in Pittsburgh know Wardlow. He's a humongous dude. He's jacked to the gills. (laughs) And he's just a powerhouse. So it's cool to see two local guys get their shot in AEW. Obviously, Pittsburgh uh, ties to WWE. Corey Graves is a Pittsburgh native. He's an announcer there. And Elias, uh, if you've watched Elias to uh let's le- le- see a lot of the hometown guys getting a shot here but uh check aew out and frank and and the, the, the listening audience check out maxwell jacob freeman he's the top heel in the business he's not in wwe so if you only watch wwe you've never heard of him google him youtube him they will be entertained i promise
0: that's interesting and to have a guy like that for that, uh, you know, for the AEW as they're trying to compete, they need those, those characters. They need those villains and yeah. they need those personalities. So that, it sounds like he has a chance to be a, like a, a budding superstar in that and, and kind of, and kind of carry the mantle for AEW. I definitely have to check him out. Uh, Bronson, my closing is going to be with the NBA. Uh, we don't have a team here in Pittsburgh, but I want to talk a little basketball and, um, since we last met, uh, the the LA Lakers, LeBron's Lakers, have taken on Zion's Pelicans twice, um, once in LA and, and and last night in New Orleans. Uh, I watched a game uh, last night, and it was just down to the wire. It was tight all night, and what you can see is LeBron is is ready to hand. Is he ready to hand over the mantle to the young bucks like Zion, Ja Morant, Trey Young, Luka Doncic? Um, LeBron said not so fast my friend he said uh, last night that the Lakers took down the Pelicans uh, In New Orleans a statement game Zion had played well Zion is averaging uh, over 20 a night um, I'm a huge Zion fan. Uh, he's a humble kid He works hard and I think he's going to be the next superstar in the league I think when LeBron's all said and done and wrapped up his career um, It's definitely gonna be Zion's league um, He's unguardable He's, he's 6'6", 280 pounds. Um, he's elusive. Uh, combination of speed and power. Um, he gets to the free throw line. Um, I, his, he may, he, I think he's just shot 70% from the field last night. So he's not just chucking up shot after shot. Um, he's earning his points. Um, but LeBron answered. Every time Zion came down the, the court and scored, LeBron had something to, to match it. And uh, he still got gas in the tank, and the Lakers had a statement win last night. Um, if you get a chance, check out the highlights of Lakers Pelicans uh, on Sunday, March first. Um, just a great game. I know the league's in good hands for years to come with with these youngsters. Um, but LeBron said, "Not not quite yet. I'm still here. I'm still making a statement." And I look for the Lakers. Um, Lakers to be hoisting the uh, Larry O'Brien Brian Trophy this summer. Uh, I, I like the the Lakers team. They got Anthony Davis in the off season, uh, one two punch with LeBron, so they're looking great. Uh, the Milwaukee Bucks, though, are the top team in the league with Giannis uh, and company there. So, as we said in hockey, it's a stretch run now. The trade deadline's over. There's about uh, a month or so left in the NBA schedule. There's jockeying for playoff positioning going on for the, the eighth and final playoff spot. I hope my Pelicans, I hope Zion's Pelicans get in. Uh, Cause I'd love to see the first round matchup that one, eight matchup uh, be the Lakers and the Pelicans. I think it would be tremendous theater to see LeBron against Zion in the playoffs. So I'm pulling for the Pelicans to get it together here and, and find a way into that eight seed right now. They're three back on Memphis. Um, so, yeah, the NBA just got really interesting. It's post All-Star break now. It's a stretch run. Um a lot of great matchups coming up, so uh, you know, check out TNT, ESPN. Uh, a lot of good games on. Uh check out if if you see the Pelicans are on, um don't don't miss a chance to see Zion Williamson play because I think it's something special. I think you're you're looking and, at the future of, of basketball.
1: And I've kind of, and that's cool frick because, like I've, you know, you've been using the last couple platforms to hype Zion up and I uh, I, uh I, other than i obviously i'm a big supporter of pit basketball but uh as a kid i've always loved duke basketball so i saw a lot of Z- zion you know, last uh-huh. year to play so a lot of the big games too um and i almost went to the game at the pete which i could still smack myself in the head for not going to the game um, and i
0: almost went i almost went <laughs> to cleveland uh, a couple months ago when zion and the pelicans were in cleveland i was thinking about going too
1: but uh, yeah the, and like so frankie you've always and, and zion he's just uh He's just, uh, you know, in a good, in a good respectful term, a, a genetic freak of freak right. freaking nature. The guy could ball, and uh, I love him at Duke, and I uh, wish him the best in, in New Orleans. And uh, he's a big guy, and obviously, remember, everybody remembers if you didn't watch uh, college basketball at all the whole year remember the injury he had where the shoe collapsed on him i saw it uh, lot. yeah i saw it on tv <laughs> yeah crazy. we do and then that's when i realized that zion williamson probably wears the same size shoe i do if not more so you know i have a hard time buying big big guy shoes to zion you know yeah. hear this holler at your boy give me some give me some of your <laughs> shoes i gladly wear them for it. but uh um that's probably gonna wrap us up here uh at the next level nerd podcast big thanks to my co-host frankie uh justin mcconnell and all the folks at next level nerd a uh, big shout-out to Mrs. Frank. You may not like me saying that. Mrs. Frank uh, helps in the pr- the production of our show. So, uh, right. yep. <laughs> And I haven't had the chance to congratulate you verbally. I know you've, you've been married for quite a bit now, but I uh, congrats to you and the Mrs. Thank you. Um, that's going to do it for us. I'm sure next uh, show, um, I know Frankie's going to want to cover the Masters. We'll, we'll be deep in the depths of March Madness, baby. Uh, we'll be covering <laughs> that. So, Until uh, then, guys, take it easy, and we'll, we'll catch you on the next show.
0: Thanks. See you guys. Football, hockey, throw me the baseball. Now toss me the pigskin. Now feed me the rock. Football. Now give me the rock.